The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Previously on the Florida Files. I had placed a hit on my father. And in doing so, they sought to come after his children. Few people in the earth will give up their riches, which I had before I came. And I gave it away. Then I came here with nothing. And look what I built here. And, and you need to see what I built across the country. In seven years, I built over $50 million. The story of, of how you escaped and when you decided to make the move. I'm going to say 1984 is when I started having inklings that I knew that I was in a world of trouble being in this religion. And I, you know, I kind of knew that this was a cult by now. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. For six weeks, the FBI plots precision pre-dawn raids on the Yahweh's. Former Eyewitness News reporter Rad Berkey is sitting in a car in the early morning of November 7, 1990 with his cameraman after getting a tip from a source. They are waiting for something to happen. And it does. Do it there! Come on out! People shouting, banging on doors. A flashbang grenade had actually gone off as well. And that was designed to startle people inside. Remember, they were all inside asleep. But this was the FBI's hostage rescue team that was brought in from Quantico because there was so much concern about the amount of weaponry that the uh, Yahweh's would have inside that they brought in. And the hostage rescue team, the one from Quantico, is the one that's used only for the biggest cases that the FBI gets involved in. And this was certainly one of them that morning. There are no weapons found during that raid inside the Temple of Love. In New Orleans, it's a little before 4 a.m. Yahweh Ben Yahweh is asleep in his hotel room on the 14th floor of the historic Monte Leone Hotel in the French Quarter. It's just a block off rowdy Bourbon Street. It is the jingle of the telephone that wakes him. It's a Miami FBI agent calling from the lobby to tell him that he is waiting for him downstairs there's a warrant for his arrest. Tonight, Yahweh Ben Yahweh is in a federal prison facility some 60 miles outside New Orleans. The self-proclaimed son of God was arrested on Wednesday, charged with racketeering and giving the orders to kill 14 people. His attorney, Ellis Rubin, told a federal magistrate here that Yahweh Ben Yahweh is the same person mentioned in the grand jury indictment. 
Until now, he refused to give his name. By identifying himself, it means he will automatically be sent back to Miami for a bond hearing and a face trial. For Yahweh Ben Yahweh, the more immediate and difficult task will be to set bail. The government is expected to ask for no bond. Uh, he should be allowed out on bond because he meets the typical criterion for bond. He has roots in the community. He's not liable to flee. Uh, he can put up a bond. And he is essential to a religion. He's the spiritual leader of many thousands of people. Uh, he's not going anywhere. Several Yahweh followers were in New Orleans for the hearing. They stood up when Yahweh Ben Yahweh entered the courtroom. Yahweh Ben Yahweh is said to be upbeat, that he wants a trial in Miami, and that he wants a trial as soon as possible. In New Orleans, Mel Taylor, Channel 10 Eyewitness News. Local 10 and Local10.com present the Florida Files. I'm Michelle Solomon, and this is the story of Yahweh Ben Yahweh, cult or conspiracy. Yahweh Ben Yahweh writes a different version of the story in The Persecution of Yahweh Ben Yahweh, which he pens while in prison. He tells the story in the third person. In New Orleans, Yahweh Ben Yahweh, the spiritual leader of the nation of Yahweh, was forcibly apprehended by dozens of FBI agents. Contrary to their press release, FBI agents stormed into his quarters at 3.30 in the morning. Although no resistance was offered and no weapons of any kind were found, M16s and handguns were pointed at his head, neck, heart, and other vital organs. He says the FBI strip-searched him. Fifty agents and Metro-Dade police circle the Temple of Love. Yahweh's writings are correct. They do have riot pump shotguns, M16 assault rifles, and 9mm pistols. They are wearing body armor. There are 17 photographs, one of each of the Yahweh's named in the indictment. They search through Yahweh buses and cars. They knock down the temple door. The Yahweh's are herded outside. 12 to 15 people are taken in by police. Eyewitness News 10 interviews one of the Yahweh women just after the raids. Yahweh members who all go by the last name Israel later said members did not resist. Lots of men, machine guns, guns in the face. That's what I saw. It was dark. In Miami, Red Berkey, Channel 10, Eyewitness News. While all of this is happening in Louisiana and Florida, FBI teams are banging on other doors across five other states. Synchronized raids. Yahweh Ben Yahweh's right-hand woman, deputy second in charge of the Temple of Love, Judith Israel, real name Linda Gaines, is arrested as she drives a white Lincoln sedan from a garage under the Art Center Tower. It's an upscale high-rise apartment building in Atlanta, Georgia. Another Yahweh is taken in in Durham, North Carolina. A van carrying a group of members from Louisiana on their way to a speaking engagement in Texas is stopped near Lafayette. Yahweh describes in his writings what happened. The bus was pulled off to the side of the road, and FBI agents approached the windows with heavy artillery. Women and children were made to lie face down on the highway with their hands cuffed behind their backs. All of the men were arrested without warrant or probable cause. He writes, the men were strip-searched and separated. 
He calls it a nationwide terrorist attack on the nation of Yahweh and says the media is colluding with the FBI to harass Yahweh members. Along with an escort of federal marshals, a brown van carried Yahweh bin Yahweh to the Metropolitan Correctional Center in South Dade. He was arrested last week in New Orleans and charged with conspiracy and giving the orders to kill 14 people. Along with Ben Yahweh, three others were also moved to the facility. James Littlejohn, James Lewis Mack, and Brian Lewis were arrested in Lafayette, Louisiana. Allegedly, they carried out the orders given by Yahweh Ben Yahweh. South Florida authorities are also awaiting the return of the second in charge of the Yahwehs, Judith Israel, who was also charged with conspiracy and extortion. In Miami, Mel Taylor, Channel 10, Eyewitness News. Yahweh states that the attack reveals diabolical and wicked plans to shut down all black men that are doing good. He wants everyone to know that's what the government and the media are doing to Yahweh ben Yahweh, making an example of him. He ends the first chapter of his writings by saying, find out for yourself just how much Yahweh ben Yahweh loves you by getting your copy of the book, From Poverty to Riches, The Works of Yahweh ben Yahweh. He says the order form can be found inside the persecution book. I'm showing you there's a new way. Yes, sir. That you don't have to be a crook to have wealth. And if you get wealth as a crook, it won't last long. Look around at the crooks and see how they're going to jail. Look how they lose what they get. Yahweh member Robert Rozier, a former defensive end for the St. Louis Cardinals, pleads guilty to the murders of two tenants of an apartment building that Yahweh ben Yahweh purchases in Opelaka. Rozier also pleads guilty to two other murders. Rozier's star faded quickly in the NFL when he played only six games for the Cardinals amid rumors of drug use and petty crimes. Then he played in Canada. But that didn't last long either. The former star football player becomes the star prosecution witness. Ellis Rubin called reporters to his office this afternoon and blasted the government's potential key witness, Robert Rozier. I'm not calling you out. I have no right to do that. I'm just curious as to with all of this press attention, why not one organization has taken it upon themselves to say, hey, who's making the accusation? What's his back? What's his credibility? Yahweh ben Yahweh has credibility. He has no criminal record. He's done good work in this area. In Miami, Mel Taylor, Channel 10, Eyewitness News. Vanita Mitchell will tell you her father's fall from grace was divinely ordered. So you have two, huh? you have two theories. So. One of the theories was that there was a group that was just acting on their own. Rozier had decided to hide out there because he could strip himself of his name because everybody, nobody used to, nobody had their slave names anymore. So his identity right. was kind of zapped. And um, so that's right. one, one of your theories. And the other one is that it was of a higher power situation where it was, it was all laid out in, in a biblical term. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You said it. You, you nailed it. 
Okay. Those were the two theories um, that happened. Um, and it's amazing that you broke it down like that, but that's exactly what happened. Um, one was of a higher, and what man fails to realize, it was already prophesied that they would do what they did to him. And believe it or not, they, they did it to the letter. If you read the scriptures and you read what took place with him, it happened to the letter. I mean, and so, you know, there are many of us who will never be plucked from Yahweh be Yahweh's hands because we know of his innocence. And the world know that they not only prosecuted, but they persecuted an innocent man. The coming of the son of Yahweh is simultaneous with the end of the world. It goes together. Now, don't you think Satan knows that? You think the leaders and rulers of this world do not understand that with my coming is the end of them? So what do you expect them to do? Applaud? Do you think they're happy? What's the sign? The son of man coming. Soon as I show up among you and resurrect you into the name Yahweh, that's the sign. Sign of what? The end of this world's rulership. So the government of America just has to face up to, it's your end, baby. You have to give it up. And I told you there will be people who will come who will accept me head up. They, they won't go through no chain. They're going to know, yes, Yahweh bin Yahweh is God. That's it. Boom. They're going to take that without a problem. In the paper today, it tells you, white people, even my enemy tells you, I'm the son of God. Right in the paper. Very clear. Refer to, look on the next page, son of God, this title. Look up, son of God. I don't care who believes or don't believe, that's the way it is. They're telling you too. You can't blame them for not telling you. They're telling you. And the paper shows you I'm not worried. I'm rejoicing and exceedingly glad. Even they wrote and said he came out smiling. Can you imagine? I mean, we're persecuting this man and he's coming out smiling. The government is against this man. He coming out smiling. Vanita says she has seen for herself proof of her father's divinity. Did you always know that your father was divine? I felt that he was. Um, I remember um, as a child before I saw the UFO surround the uh, temple in droves. One night, those uh, UFOs came out in droves. It looked like there had to be thousands of them. They filled the clouds from north to south, east to west. Uh, it was during the time of one of the feasts, and Yahweh be Yahweh had told those of us who understand, stay behind, that we could, that we could stay behind for prayer. And I chose to stay behind, daughter or not. And I remember when he was praying, Yahweh Yahweh was welling and like never before. 
and um, he told everybody. Um, and all of a sudden, while he was welling, it, the building shook in which we were all in praying. And it sounded like drum, 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 and the building shook. And he said, I want everyone to get up and go outside. So we all got up and went out. And when we went outside, uh, the roof of the building, just to show us that they were real and we weren't seeing stars, there were several of them surrounded the whole temple down low where you could actually see them. And the others were a little higher up towards the clouds, but not all the way up in the clouds where they looked like stars. And those UFOs put on a performance like never before. They were flashing lights, yellow, blue, and white. And Yahweh Ben Yahweh came out just like one would in the military. And he did his walk. And he raised his hand and he gave those UFOs a signal, a sign. And when he gave them a signal, they began to flash lights. And then he raised his hand and gave them another sign and another signal. And they started dropping down and meeting and joining like into two single lines and coming down from the clouds. And they would drop down and go from the east, north, south, to going towards the east. And they went down the two single lines that way. And the people that were out there were crying and just hollering, Yahweh, Yahweh. Where was this? Because they witnessed a miracle. This was in Miami, Florida. Only the sun, the Bible says everything must praise uh, Yahweh. Everybody must that praise happened Yahweh. That happened in Miami? That happened in Miami. There were hundreds of us that were there. There were a lot of us who witnessed it. And can't nobody tell us what we saw that night we know what we saw we were a witness what year was this that would have been right before his arrest in 1987 i believe it was in 1987 doing one of the feasts why didn't why didn't you decide to move here and and be part of the you know the full-time nation I was full-time. I was basically uh, working full-time in a sense. When you say full-time, we've never been told we had to quit our jobs or give up our careers to be considered uh, full-time or working with the nation of Yahweh. We were never told to do that, ever. And so we were never told that we had to leave our cities in order to come down and... and uh, practice the laws of Yahweh or be full-time. Yahweh be Yahweh encouraged people to stay in their cities. And and there were thousands or millions that did to this day have remained in their cities. It is the federal government that is investigating Yahweh Ben Yahweh. Miami-born Janet Reno, who would eventually become the first female attorney general for the United States, is the state's attorney for Miami-Dade County. Reno asked the feds to handle the case against Yahweh Ben Yahweh and his temple of love. Sidney P. Friedberg so eloquently writes in her Brother Love book, it's a decade worth of largely unprosecuted allegations of homicide, child abuse, and fraud. Well, why the feds and not the state? There are three factors that the state attorney cites as a better fit to prosecute this case. Friedberg sorts it out. 
it's legalese. Some of it complicated, some not. For one, the feds could use the IRS to trace where Yahweh ben Yahweh and the nation of Yahweh are getting their money. Secondly, witnesses could go into the Federal Witness Protection Program, which might get people to talk more. And third, the matter of pretrial discovery. Florida ruled that the accused had the right to know evidence that prosecutors planned to use at the trial. The state rules are more lax in that instance than the federal law. Is it wise for defendants and their lawyers to know what proof prosecutors have? Doesn't make much sense. My name is Richard Scruggs, and back during the time of the Yahweh case, which was uh, at least the time that I had it, uh, was roughly kind of 1989 through the conviction uh, in 1992, I believe it was. Uh, I was an assistant United States attorney in Miami, which is the Southern District of Florida. And I was also the chief of the major crime section at that time, which would have handled normally cases like this. You've never spoken before publicly about it? Other than a trial, right. obviously, but no. But you haven't what talked I'm for books you, or documentaries? Or... No, I've never spoken. Well, thank you. We talked for over an hour. I want to ask him about the conspiracy theories, about the government paying off witnesses and making deals with witnesses like Rozier and Khalil Amani to get them to talk against Yahweh ben Yahweh, claims that daughter Vanita Mitchell stands by. Scruggs and I talk about why the state didn't take the case and how it ended up in the hands of the feds. Janet Reno, who was the state attorney at the time, called me. We we had a good relationship uh, working together, our offices working together on a lot of different things, and uh, called me and said they had this case um, uh, involving Robert Rozier and a number of murders, and it would involve Yahweh Ben Yahweh and his group, and could the United States Attorney's Office take the case? So they basically shipped the case over to us in terms of the box of files and everything. And you know something, I just remembered this as we were talking, uh, they called it Janet Reno's trash. And I, I was shocked that two of my prosecutors called it, that Janet Reno had dumped her trash over here. Well, I didn't feel that way at all. I mean, that was just, I, I felt just the opposite. Uh, so what I did then, although I was chief of the section and generally didn't carry much of a caseload, if any at all, uh, I decided I'll do this. But the deal was I called over uh, to the state attorney's office and my general liaison, the person I generally dealt with there was Trudy Novicki, the chief assistant. I would take it if she would take it. And so we both realized this is a risky situation uh, personally. It's a risky situation professionally, and we might just fail miserably, but it's got to be done. It's a 25-page federal indictment that charges 18 specific instances of racketeering. That includes 14 killings, two attempted killings, and extortion, plus arson for that Delray Beach firebombing. The lost black tribe of Israel's spiritual leader is charged, as are 16 of his followers, including 15 death angels and Yahweh's deputy, Judith Israel, real name Linda Gaines. The indictment goes on to specifically say, not all of the members of the temple supported or were engaged in homicidal activities that are the subject of this case. Not all of the members of the temple took Yahweh's fierce injunctions literally. This case involves the prosecution of specific people for their unlawful conduct. 
This case is not the prosecution of a religion. Prosecutors use RICO, Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organization Statute. It's the first time that the RICO statute is used against a religious organization. Former Miami-Dade homicide detective Danny Borrego investigated some of the murder cases linked to the Yahwehs. He explains RICO. Uh, now, by this time, I know that the FBI uh, was investigating them as a uh, domestic terrorist organization, and um, they were working closely with uh, Detective Remley, who was basically representing our murder cases in the federal court system when Yahweh Ben Yahweh was charged uh, with these pr what they call predicate acts leading up to the RICO conspiracy. Mm -hmm. What's the RICO conspiracy? The RICO conspiracy was basically they're charging the organization or, or the Yahweh or organization as uh, involved in all of these uh, offenses. Is basically it was a. Are you familiar with RICO? RICO was created to deal with the mafia. How do you get the person in charge if you, you have to charge these, what they call predicate acts, these acts that all lead up to the person. So it was all of these different acts, the firebombing at Delray Beach, the, the, the takeover of the apartments in Opelaka, all of these murder cases, all of these other things, they were kind of thrown together as predicate acts to be able to show that this was done on the behest or on the orders of Yahweh bin Yahweh. So that was what he was in, ended up being charged with in federal court. The sex leader, Yahweh Ben Yahweh, was arrested at the same time by the FBI in New Orleans, where he was on a speaking tour. The 13 Yahwehs arrested are charged with federal racketeering that dates back to the early 1980s, including allegations of murders, a Delray Beach firebombing attack, and extortion. Former Yahweh member Robert Rogier, who was convicted of two of the murders and is suspected of two more, is cooperating with federal authorities. The Yahweh's attorney says it will be Rogier's story against his clients. In exchange for bringing down Yahweh ben Yahweh and the whole Yahweh religion, uh, it, it was agreed that he would be sentenced to 22 years for four murders. The Yahweh's portfolio of business holdings is now believed to total in the millions of dollars. In fact, here in front of the Temple of Love are about a half a dozen white Lincolns and Cadillacs. Part of the federal investigation was aimed at finding out where the Yahweh's got the money. That'll all come out at the trial. In Miami, Red Berkey, Channel 10, Eyewitness News. In his sermons, Yahweh Ben Yahweh continues to make shrouded references to Rogier. I said uh, a man that would testify against me has to be against the man that sent me. So he has attacked more than me. Now, a, a man that would attack me must have no regard for the man that sent me. Scruggs tells me something that he says he can finally divulge three decades later. Okay, I really need to discuss what was presented to us uh, in terms of evidence from the state attorney's office. And really other than a bunch of homicide files where, you know, there were no, there were no suspects or no nothing, and there were a bunch of homicide files. Really what we had was what was called a proffer from Robert Rozier. 
And what uh, what a proffer is, is is something that an attorney provides on behalf of his client uh, that tells you that if if you cut a deal with him, if he cooperates with you, here's what his testimony would be. This was the most unusual proffer. In fact, I can't even say now. I mean, having been a prosecutor for 37 years and retired now, I never saw anything like this. What Rogier's attorney had done was provided this 20 page or so narrative of murder and mayhem, which was pretty much 90% of what ended up at trial. But everywhere that it had the murderer's name in there, he had left it blank. And so now there's like, you know, I, and I, this is an estimation, but there were like maybe 10, 11, 12 murders discussed in there, all with blanks. So they had cut a deal with Rogier, the state, meaning the state attorney's office, had cut a deal with Rogier that he would serve, he would plead guilty to two uh, manslaughter charges, manslaughter of all things, and that uh, he would get a 22-year sentence, 11 years on each one. So then Rogier, then, okay, we got a deal. Everybody signs it up. Rogier fills in the names. <laughs> and that's where it got interesting. Uh, Rogier filled in his name under six of them. <laughs> and that was, I mean, that was, in my opinion, uh, he pulled off the biggest con of a lifetime on that one. Now they're stuck. They have to eat it. That was the basis of the statement of uh, Janet Reno's trash. Mark, this former Yahweh, Robert Rogier, was convicted of those two killings and he's now cooperating with authorities. He's expected to be the chief witness against the Yahwehs. Rogier himself is expected to detail killings allegedly ordered by Yahweh Ben Yahweh himself. The uh, identification or orders to go out to an and find an individual and murder him and bring back a, a body part, usually an ear, to demonstrate that uh, that had been done. And the paying off of witnesses? He is the only person that I have uh, ever met, and I've met some horrible people in my life over the years, uh, a, lot of, a lot of horrible murderers and defendants, but he is the only one that I've ever met that enjoyed killing. He truly enjoyed it. He, he told me this, he, he didn't say he enjoyed it, but he said, I get a sense of empowerment, and uh, he's like taking over their bodies, their souls. I mean, it, it was an exhilarating experience for him, and I felt this guy will kill again, that uh, if he doesn't stay locked up, somebody else is going to die. Because th these conspiracies, I mean, the point of view of, of the defense is often, you know, the government did this or the state did that or, you know, the mysterious they. Um, but in this case, you've got the mysterious they uh, being interviewed. If, if it was anybody, it was me. It had to be me. There was nobody else. I was in charge of everything having to do with the prosecution and uh, investigation of the case. So it would be me personally. Uh, and I'm personally offended, although I do understand it's a tactic, but I, I'm personally offended that people would say that I would pay Rogier to lie. Outside the courthouse, Elsie Hastings, who also represents Ben Yahweh, said this. Let me say to you that my client's not guilty, okay? And all we seek 
in this particular matter is a fair trial before an impartial judge and 12 reasonable men and women. on the Florida Files, join me, Michelle Solomon, for the continuation of Yahweh Ben Yahweh, cult or conspiracy? Did the severed ear cases have a connection to Yahweh and a terrorist group? Plus, a murder happens during the trial. And don't miss my interview with a Yahweh who's the Blacks for Trump guy. That's next on the Florida Files. Get more of the story in online extras, including archive video and photos at local10.com. Are you a fan of the Florida Files? Tell us what you love about the series on Apple Podcasts and join other fans in leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts.